Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon's private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA private level and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, your host, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we'll bring you Jared from RGM Tax Exemption, which is an amazing company when it comes to helping you with everything that has to do with sales tax and company registration in the U.S. Actually, over one year ago, I had their CEO, Ruben James, uh, basically talking about everything tax related and people love that episode. So I thought to myself, you know, over one year, so many things have changed in the U.S. specifically, which I'm pretty sure we're going to touch around some states that now you need to also register when it comes to sales tax. So I'm pretty sure Jared is going to uh, be dropping some tips and advice around that. So before we jump into that, Jared, I want to welcome you to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you very much. appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here. Really happy to be here. It's a pleasure, Jared. Thank you for being here. I know you guys do an amazing job when it comes to delegating everything in terms of the sales world, sales tax world, and the company registration. So we know that when it comes to e-commerce and Amazon specifically, where we specialize on, people is always afraid about this topic. They don't know where to start from or what the rules they need to follow. So I'm pretty sure we're going to cover a lot of that uh, on today's episode. But, you know, before we jump into that, maybe you can give us a little intro about yourself or what you do at the company and also why you guys specialize on uh, rgm tax exemption yeah yeah for sure so uh my name is jared i'm general manager rgm tax exemption so you might have heard ruben's podcast about a year ago he's the ceo uh, so we started in about 2019 ruben hired me in after probably about six months of going because he was doing 80 hour weeks because <laughs> i can't imagine loaded uh, I've got a lot of experience in helping companies grow. So once I started, we went from about five employees to about well, now we've got 20 employees working. Wow. So I was able to really help him expand. Uh, he's the visionary. I'm the one who gets hard. You know, <laughs> execution. The execution. So we're a great team. So, you know, it's great to be here. Um, you good. know, staying in tune with all the changes in the sales tax in the U.S. Uh, you know, we help people set up businesses. Initially, we mainly helped people who were not in the U.S., branch mm-hmm. out instead of businesses. Then we networked into the U.S., so about 95% of our client base is now from the U.S., but we're now kind of doing some promotions, looking out to help people who are U.K. or Europe-based transition into the U.S. again. The tax is incredibly scary, so a lot of people are uh, terrified of going over there for that reason, but we seek to make it as hands-free, easy as possible, uh, you know, give everybody the most upstate information and just really make sure they can go in there with all the tax stuff taken care of. Yes, I bet. I mean, it's, I totally agree with you and with what you're saying. It's so scary because uh, 
when you guys, I'm pretty sure when you have this calls with all these businesses in the UK and Europe and, and, and they're starting to think about jumping to, uh, to the US is, is scary about the fact that it's completely different law, different documentation, different things that you need to keep in mind and putting that on top of actually opening a business, which is also stressful. It's like it makes sometimes uh, people lose it, you know? <laughs> so that's why I actually wanted to have you here today because we get these questions a lot and and with everything that's going on globally in terms of, you know, people having to think outside the box and diversify and expand to really thrive in the e-commerce space. A lot of e-commerce uh, businesses in Europe, uh, in UK specifically, they are seeing the US as an alternative, but they also always uh, are struggling to really understand where to even start. What, what is the first step to do, right? And maybe we can start with that. Like, can you give us a little bit of insights about what is the first step? Let's let actually take a, a, an example from a business in the UK, right? What is the first step a business in the UK has to do when it comes to become sales compliant, tax compliant in the US and like even register their company there? Yeah. For sure, absolutely. So yeah, you need to get your, your foundations right before you start. You'll find mm -hmm. some people just start selling straight away without even making sure they're compliant. Don't yep. do that because it's going to come back behind you. So Let's start and say, do you need to get a U.S. entity to start mm -hmm. selling in the U.S. or can you use the U.K. limited company? The answer is you can use either. So a lot of people mm -hmm. will say you've got to get a U.S. entity yeah. necessarily. What you need is what's called an EIN. It's an employee identification number from the IRS if you are trading in the U.S. You can get that under your U.K. limited company or you can choose to open up a U.S. LLC. So either or. Typically, uh, if I'm working with, you know, already a company who's got a big brand, they're mm -hmm. trading under a UK limited company, they've got all of their suppliers from outside the US already set up and they're wanting to ship under the US, it may be better for them to, you know, just get the EIN for the UK limited company. Mm -hmm. But there are some advantages of kind of opening a US LLC. Firstly, you'll be able to open in any state you like. So you can take advantage of some of the states with no income of uh, corporate taxes. Also, you'll be able to, once you've got a US LLC, you'll be able to open up a US bank. So you're going to get like, the best exchange rates if you're getting paid in USD, if you're purchasing in USD. Yeah. If you're using a, you know, you might be familiar with it. If you're using a card, you're constantly getting paid. Mm -hmm. Charged mm -hmm. 2 to 3%. It's getting chipped off your profits. So that's a big benefit as well. So, you know, getting the EIN is number one foundation. Uh, once you've got your EIN, you do need to be aware that you do need to make sure you file with the IRS. Uh, countries like the UK, there is a tax uh, tax treaty with the US, yeah. so mm -hmm. you don't have to pay tax twice. You still need to file. A lot of people don't know this, so you need to speak to US CPA and file. If you fail to file, the fine can be upwards of twenty five thousand dollars. So you oh. know, here's some you know basic points. Make sure we've got. And these to make emphasis for people listening and watching is regardless of the turnover, right? If you make zero or, or the only one... exception, um, you know, I can't go too much into the advice of filing, but I think the only exception is if you don't make any sales, you can, ah, okay. but if you do make sales, you do still need to file. So that would be, but my recommendation would always be always to, <laughs> yeah, to speak, to speak with the US CPA, uh, yeah. at our gym, we're sales tax specialists. We've got partners who are nice. USPAs. Any of our clients who are signed up under us can get book a free consultation with our partners. So, you know, if you reach out to us before you start, we can give you the link. You can have a chat to your USCPA, 
get all the information in front of you before you start towards what I recommended. So that's step one. You know, decide to yourself, do you want to open an LLC in the US? Would it be mm-hmm. better for you for a limited use your limited company in the UK? Yeah. Either or if you haven't got a limited company in the UK and you're just like a sole trader, I would strongly recommend opening a US LLC for the reason of uh, limited liability protection. If someone's mm-hmm. going to sue you, uh, if you've got an LLC, much like a limited company, they can only sue the assets of the business. They can't come after your personal assets. If you start yeah. trading just under your own name, you're opening yourself up <laughs> to all kinds of problems. So uh, just yeah. make sure you cover that. Super. Yeah. Very good advice there. Now, when it comes to um, the timeline, because some people also might think, oh, this might take so many months or years or et cetera. Can you give us a little bit of light on, you know, what, what it's actually, how long does it take, like from making the decision to actually have, you know, either the EN number in your hand or, or, or the company in, in your hand? How long is usually the process takes? Yeah. Yeah. So let's say if you use RGM to do it, then you typically have it would take two to four weeks to either get an EIN for a limited company or it would take to get an LLC with an EIN. That's usually the turnaround. It can be a little bit longer because you get the EIN from the IRS. So if you're applying for it in the peak tax season, it might be a bit slower. If you do it yourself, I expect it'll take a couple more weeks than that, just depending on you know how you are with forms. Um, it can take even longer if you were to make a mistake and things like that. So from my experience, people have tried to get it themselves. It's usually taking them six to eight weeks to get an EIM from when they're doing the application. Good, good. And now when it comes to um, another question that I bet you also get is the bank account, right? Because um, I know that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, some bank accounts in the US, they require you to go to the US to open the account and for some people it's like yeah i need now to or even pay to go to the us and, and open a bank account so what is your experience and maybe some advice around this like let's say i'm in the uk and you know i don't necessarily want to go to the us to set up everything is there some advice there or some way around that yeah yeah of course uh, as much as we would love to go to the us for a holiday to open the bank account, <laughs> it's probably not the best spending business funds so we actually did it or ruben did it originally when he was trying to do this he went to the us to open the bank because he thought it was the only way to do it there are companies that allow you to open what's called a virtual bank account nice. so yeah. you will get your bank account routing number checking number you can get a banking account debit card and things like that where you do not have to go over to the us You do Mm -hmm. need to have a U.S. LLC. You do need to provide uh, your passport and identification and things like that to verify, as would usually. But ever since uh, COVID hit, you know, when people didn't want to meet face to face, these options options became available for some of these banks to open without, you know, meeting face to face, which is fantastic for e-commerce sellers, really, especially worldwide. Good. And now when it comes to opening uh, a, a company in the US, I know there are different types of company that you can open, right? Uh, under the, depending on your situation. So be, uh, taking consideration that most people, at least for this show that listen, this is people that's looking to open a company because they want to send online, specifically on places such as Amazon or Walmart. What is the type of company you would advise and the reasoning behind that? Yeah. Yeah, so typically for somebody wanting to start, the best thing to do would be to open a a single member LLC. That means that the tax in the US is just uh, passed through. So it just gets paid to you as the owner. 
And if you're based in the UK, then that's when the tax treaty comes in. You can speak mm -hmm. to the your US CPA. Yeah. You can then restructure later on for it to become an S Corp or a C yeah. Corp. That part is kind of out of my area of expertise, whether or not that would be beneficial or not. Usually that's mm -hmm. when your sales have really gone high. But if you've yeah. got a good US CPA in your corner, then you know you can use that. But what's great is that you can start off with the basic setup and you can just as and when you need. Oh, you can migrate. Yeah, okay. exactly. Try try not to overcomplicate it to begin with, and then you can adjust depending. It's it's different depending on the business. You know, every situation is unique, so uh, get it simple, and you can change as and when you grow. Nice. Okay. Now let's start talking a little bit about uh, what has been affecting most Amazon sellers lately, which is the sales tax registration. So we know that Amazon used to do most of it for you, and there were a couple of states that you had to do it manually. But if I'm not mistaken, the last year uh, they added, they remove a lot of states from that automatic uh, enrollment they were doing on your behalf. And now, I believe you have to do those states manually. Can you can you maybe talk us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So not quite actually. They've actually changed it. So as of the first of January 2023, Amazon okay. in the US are collecting sales tax for every single state and remitting it back. Mm. So okay, that's changed again. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, there was a couple of states left. The actual tax liability uh, is very, very low. So it's an okay. interesting one. So people are very much along the lines of, well, Amazon are collecting all the sales tax. Do I need to register to any states? So let's say, for example, you're selling in on Amazon FBA. Yeah. They store your goods, let's say, for example, in every state in the U.S., which would breach physical nexus. For those who don't know what Nexus is, that's like a presence within the state. It can either be physical, as in warehouse, business location, or it can be economic, a certain threshold of sales. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once you've hit physical Nexus with Amazon FBA, the question then is, do I need to register to that state for a permit, even if Amazon are collecting and remitting sales tax? You know, you might think well, it makes no sense. And for most of the states, we actually spoke with all of them in the last two months just to make sure yeah. <laughs> said you do not need to register if you are only selling on amazon mm, but, okay. but, some, but some of them said no no even if amazon are doing all the sales tax you still need to register you still need to tell us how much you made on amazon and so yeah. on and so forth so you need to make sure you know you can we'll tell you straight which ones you need to register to uh we keep you know, track records with the states. We save their emails down. We have all the evidence in front of you. If you speak to some like bigger firms, they will tell you, no, no, no you need to register to all the states. They'll try. Yeah, and which I, which I, which I heard that. That's why I was asking you. Yeah. I heard that some states you have to register. So that's why I wanted to well, clarify. Yeah. That. If you speak to like most of the big firms, I won't name them for sake of getting into trouble, but they'll basically say, if you've got physical nexus, you need to register. You would have to register to all the states pay loads and loads of money for the filing as well. But that's not true uh, based on the information that we have from direct contact with the states. Yes, some states do want you to, to get registered okay. and do want you to file, but not all of them do. Uh, so even if you have physical nexus. The problem okay. that happens a lot with sellers is they start selling on Amazon FBA. They have a great time. They're really successful. Mm -hmm. And then they might branch out to, let's say, start selling on their own website, yeah. or Shopify, and if that happens, all of the nexus that you hit from Amazon FBA then comes into play. 
But a great example. So I'm working with a client recently who did just that. Sold on Amazon FBA. Then they moved over to Shopify. They sold mm. on Shopify for over a year without collecting t- sales tax mm. in the states that they had Nexus from Amazon, which meant that they made well over $500,000 of sales where they should have collected tax. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A mess. <laughs> average tax rate is 7% across the board. Yeah. So it's $35,000 in sales tax that they should have collected. You might think, can we just say, sorry, uh, yeah. you know, can we just pay it from now? No. If you get if you get audited, you're going to have to pay it back, and you should. So that that to get paid back, plus penalties, plus interest. So the lesson here is, I would always say, if you're branching over to, let's say, start with Amazon, every time you change your business, let's say you're starting to sell on a different platform, make sure you speak with somebody about sales tax before you do it. Don't just get really excited and go ahead because before you know it, six months has passed. Before you know it, you've got thirty thousand dollars of liabilities in the states coming mm-hmm. after. Yeah. So basically, to summarize this uh, idea is that the best advice if you start selling in the U.S. to avoid any issues, like uh, even if you are doing only Amazon, st- still talk uh, with somebody like you guys so you can help them identify the states as you mentioned that you still have to uh, register uh, regardless of the nexus, I guess, right? That's it. Yeah. So make sure you know get your foundation set. Uh, I would avoid reading a lot of forums online because a lot <laughs> yeah, of you get confused. That's the thing. Um, yeah. You get very confused. Also, you'll find, as you mentioned, how the sales tax rules are constantly evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. So, as somebody not very experienced, I might go online. I might come to taxjar.com, and there'll be yeah. a blog from October 2021. I'll read it and I'll think, "Oh, that's great." Carry fine, on. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> nearly two years ago. Now it could be completely irre- irrelevant. These things don't get taken down. Um, so, you know, we are obviously, this is our profession. We are constantly reading and staying on top of things. Um, so, you know, we're here to help people in that sense. Awesome. That's very good. Um, now, um, maybe another thing I usually like to do with these type of topics is if you can maybe mention some mistakes you see people doing a lot in, into around this specific uh, um, you know, topic of taxes and, and company registration. And the reason why I find that very, uh, very useful is because usually from mistakes, that's how we learn, right? So I don't yeah. know if maybe you can think of, about some uh, cases, of course, we are naming any company of things that you are seeing that people are doing and they definitely shouldn't be doing that is affecting a lot their, their business in terms of, of self-tax or maybe even company, yeah, that you can share. Yeah, so what one mistake that I think people... All businesses do is they um, they don't realize that they can be sales tax exempt when they mm. start posting. So there's a rule okay. in the US. So if you're buying a product, much like VAT, if you're buying a product for, for resale, you don't need to pay VAT in the UK. It's very easy to be a VAT registered, not pay it back. With sales tax, it's a lot more complicated. And so people often miss out on the opportunity to get sales tax exempt. So mm-hmm. you, there is a way to not pay sales tax on purchases, provided you have the right sales tax set up and the right permits. So like I said, sales tax is an average 7%. So every time you're purchasing, you're losing out on that 7% yeah. extra. And the reason why it's a big mistake is because let's say you're selling, you're not tax exempt, you don't know about it, and you're selling the same product as me. Mm-hmm. I can sell the same product cheaper than you, and I can make a bigger profit. Yeah. It's one of the most important things to do when selling it in the U.S. is to make sure, you know, if you're purchasing from wholesalers, 
they're not going to charge sales tax anyway so you're fine there but let's say you're maybe drop shipping or purchasing from mm. retailers in bulk for repackaging or whatever it might be make sure you check are they charging you sales tax when you buy those products if they are can you get tax exempt it's the easiest mm. savings you can get straight off the bat and it keeps you competitive uh, going forward so that's a common thing that people don't quite realize how important it mm. is and then they might fail their business might not work they're like my margin is rubbish Right, because you didn't consider that, yeah. Yeah, seven percent could be your entire your entire margin. Obviously, it's quite, it's quite low, but you know it's very competitive yeah. these days. Um, so you know that's something that that's crazy. So yeah, yeah, well, that's something even myself I learned. And I think for this, just for all the listeners, the way you you find out about this is, is there a way that I can? I mean, how do I even figure out that I'm, I can be exempt? Is that something that? I could even look online if I would like to just do a quick search or is something more complicated than that? Uh, so most places, so let's say you are purchasing products on walmart.com yeah. and you know, you're reselling them on the Shopify store. Most of these big retailers have got like a section at the bottom where it will mm. tell you about tax exemption. Most of them allow tax exemption for resellers. A few of them don't. So you could literally Google it. So you know, okay. you're using Walmart if you're using... Costco, you could be like, right, Costco US tax exemption. And you'll be very quickly, be able, you might get an email address you can reach yeah. out to. We have got a long list of suppliers that we know it can be done for. Some suppliers, you basically just upload all the permits to their website and it's just tax exempt. It's great. Others are a bit more annoying and you need to supply the resale certificates on every single purchase. But, you know, it's definitely worth looking at uh, you know, it's the people who go that extra little step and extra yeah. money who make the most profit, you know, and that's uh, that's what we want for our audience. Yeah. That's a very good tip and uh, to to conclude today's episode, even myself, uh, I learned from that. So thank you for sharing that. And I think, uh, you know, now uh, before we conclude, I want to give you, um, you know, a minute or so so you can tell us more about how people can get in contact with you because we know that we are only scratching the surface and a lot of people, you know, actually need support with this, especially now that they're expanding to the US and they might need your services. So, yeah, what's the best place to find you and get in contact with, with you and your team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So me personally, I will share the email afterwards. You can get me on jared at rjmtaxexemption.com. I'll even supply my own booking link so anybody you know who listens to this podcast can get in a free consult with me. Um, so we can talk about it could be anything, you know, setting up your business, the sales tax, mm -hmm. the sales tax exemption. You know, and we're also proud to be partners with uh EcomC and we can offer 20% discount on any of our services, awesome. which people sign Thank up you. from here. Um, so you know, we've got our full services available on our website, 20% off the full costs off the back of this. So, you know, that's exciting to share. But, uh, yeah, we've got the email. There's a lot to cover. I can imagine everyone who's listening situation might be quite unique. Um, but, you know, we're happy to – we can help significantly in many ways. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's been a pleasure to have you on board today. And, yes, I'm going to make sure to put everything down in the description. Uh, looking forward to have you again in the future to discuss more about taxes, yes? It's always something interesting and it's always evolving, so I'm pretty sure – a lot of things are going to change next year. <laughs> That's it. It's always interesting. We all we all hate it. We all dread it. But, you know, RGM will make it nice and easy for you. So, yeah. Awesome. Out. Thank you very much, Jerry. A pleasure. Thanks, Alvin, Jesse. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by Ecomc. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.